name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. In these Sundays after Pascha and before the Ascension, we find stories that, despite the joy of the resurrection, we find people who are in a desperate way. They're having a hard time of it. Thomas doubts whether Christ is alive at all. The myrrh-bearers face the grief of death. We will encounter in the Sundays to come a man born blind and a woman alienated from her community who even when fetching water is alone. And today we see a man who's been paralyzed for decades. All of these stories speak to our own condition. They're metaphors for our own situations. So today we'll look at how are we like the paralyzed man? But these stories also make clear the opportunities before us. We can be like Thomas, who believes without a doubt. We can be like the myrrh-bearers whose grief has turned to joy. We can have our eyes opened like the blind man. Like the woman at the well, we too can be forgiven and restored in our communities. And today we can not only be like the man who's been healed, but also like St. Peter in the reading from the book of Acts. So firstly, I think the thing that is, the, the thing that is evident in these readings is that misfortunes will befall us all. Dorcas, or Tabitha, was a good woman, full of good deeds, and she dies. The paralyzed man, presumably from what Jesus says to him, go and sin no more that nothing worse may befall you, indicates that he may have led a sinful life, and he is paralyzed. Later, Jesus will say in John 9 that the man born blind didn't sin, neither did his parents, but that the works of God may be displayed in him. This was happening to him. And perhaps a similar thing was taking place for Tabitha, that God's power through the apostles would be made manifest in her life. So misfortunes occur to different people for different reasons. Now, St. Isaac the Syrian, in his ascetical homily number 42, he delves into this a little bit deeper. He makes clear that trials occur to both the proud and the humble for different reasons. For the humble, that they may progress and grow because no growth takes place without challenge and without difficulty. And he even makes clear the kinds of trials and misfortunes that the humble have to undergo. He says things like sloth, oppression of the body, despondency, confusion of the mind, bodily pains, temporary loss of hope, a darkening of thoughts, scarcity of bodily necessities. And he mentions a few other things as well. But he says, for the proud, they undergo another set of trials that they may be humbled, that they may learn not to rely on themselves, but to rely on God. And he also details the kinds of things that happen to the proud from his experience and from his insights. Things like temptations which exceed our strength, a quick temper, the desire to have one's own way, disputatiousness, a scornful heart, always speaking and behaving foolishly, painful adversities which are prolonged, intricate, and difficult to resolve. The heart being seized suddenly and without reason by terror. Severe stumbles, grave falls, and similar mishaps that do the body great injury. In brief, he says, whatever is impossible and beyond the strength of such people comes upon them and on those who live with them. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. 
And to be sure, we can't neatly classify all our mishaps into clear categories. But what a gift to us that there is this discernment that can take place as to why things happen and what they show us about ourselves. We experience difficulties as just random events that just fly out at us from a seeming chaos. What St. Isaac shows us and what the saints show us is that there is not only a method and a purpose, but also an identifiable pattern. When we're sick, physically sick, we can guess from our symptoms and our experiences what illness is affecting us. In the same way, St. Isaac says, he writes this, that you may comprehend the subtle pathways of your mind and the trials that beset you. And just like a doctor will never stick his hand in a bowl of mixed medicines and hand them out whichever way they come, God as the good physician does not randomly allocate experiences to us, but rather precisely what we need at any given point, in the right dosage and to the right degree. So these patterns can be discerned by the holy among us, whose visions have been refined. To use an old term, the saints are seers, and I use that word in an entirely Christianized way. They see things that the rest of us can't see. Their vision has been purified. And this is why in the Orthodox Church people go and see holy elders, holy mothers and fathers, so that they can say, this kind of thing keeps happening to me. What am I missing? What do I need to see here? And maybe we need to pay attention a little bit more closely to the misfortunes that we find ourselves in. Maybe God is trying to give us a bit of a hint about our, 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 ourselves. Now, maybe the things we experienced didn't fit one of these categories that I mentioned just prior. But there's one thing that we can be sure of. The misfortunes we experience all have the aim of helping us to be free of the things that paralyze us and deprive us of life in God. Paralysis for us can take the place of different forms. Maybe we're paralyzed by a particular sin that keeps us bound. Maybe we're paralyzed by a past event that has befallen us and we can't move on. Maybe we're paralyzed by fear, anxiety, insecurity, doubt. Jesus asked the man in the gospel, do you want to be healed? Now it's a strange kind of question because who wouldn't be? But sometimes the truth is that we don't actually want to be so that nothing will be asked of us. Because then we have to be responsible. Then it will demand something of us. We may have to give up our sins. We may have to move on from the past. And I know that this is a course that, could, that can be a very difficult process requiring specialized and ongoing assistance. We may have to step out in courage. The paralyzed man is told by Christ to go and sin no more. But if we could see what is on offer, if we were set free from our paralysis, I believe we would leap at the chance. And there's a beautiful example of this in C.S. Lewis's novel of the afterlife, The Great Divorce. I may have uh, used this example before, but it may have been years ago, so I'm just going to use it again. So there's a man who struggles with a particular sin, and this sin is personified by a red lizard on his shoulder. And this lizard is whispering into his ear. And he has the chance to advance into the beautiful country, which is God's kingdom. But he doesn't want to, because he wants to hold on to this red lizard that keeps him bound. 
And he's this withered wisp of a man. He's like a wraith. He's not fully alive. An angel comes and offers to kill the lizard for him. And he gives excuses. He doesn't want it dead. He doesn't think he'll be able to survive without it. Eventually, reluctantly, he agrees. And the angel burns the lizard off his shoulder. And he scolds the man in in the process too. And the man kind of falls to the ground. But when he stands up again, he's no longer this ghost-like creature but a full, large, strong, giant man. And the lizard hasn't died. It's turned into an enormous silver stallion. And the man jumps on the stallion's back and they go riding into the glorious high country. If we knew what was on offer, if we would let God set us free, there is no comparison. The man was paralyzed by his sin, trapped in a prison of slavery to his passions, And this has changed from something that has merely just satisfied his desires, but wasn't real or fulfilling, to something that serves a higher end and is much greater. He can move to better places, a great adventure even. And the paralyzed man in the gospel can take his place in society and witness to Christ's power and his mercy. He can share in the saving mission of God. We see that the healed must become the healers. St. Peter, in the second reading today from the book of Acts, is doing exactly what Christ is doing in the gospel. He's healing people miraculously. He has had his own paralysis to work through. He was paralyzed by fear in front of the people in the courtyard of a high priest on the night of Jesus' betrayal. He's been healed, and now he is doing the healing too. He's had to step out in courage and lay hold of what was before him, cooperating with God to work miracles. In this time of Pascha, we as a church are reading through the book of Acts to see how the resurrection was just the beginning of the story, not any end, and how the community of God shares in Christ's mission. So let's ask ourselves this. How much are we also sharing in the healing and restoring mission of Christ? Now you might say, look at me, I still have my issues that I'm working through. I'm still stuck fast in my sins. I'm still afraid. I'm still like the paralyzed man. Let's not forget that Peter is doing these amazing deeds, but he will still be confronted by St. Paul for acting hypocritically and not eating with Gentiles after they had been formally uh, accepted as recorded in Galatians 2. So our spiritual life is not a linear line where either everything's getting better or everything's getting worse, but rather, as St. Sophroni of Essex puts it, it's a web of contradictions. A web of contradictions. What an amazing line. Perhaps it's more like a tapestry where parts of it are finished, complete and beautiful. Others are still being stitched together. Other parts maybe were good a little while ago, but now are looking a little threadbare. Here and there, the edges are still ragged, and maybe other parts have not even begun to be put together yet. The reality is that even as Christ is healing us, setting us free from our paralysis, working on areas of our lives, we can still be in some way participating in His saving and loving mission in the world, which is reconciling all things to Himself, in some ways with humility, acknowledging that Christ is still completing His will in us. Small ways might be things like not being paralyzed by anger or impatience or rudeness when we interact with our family members, but being set free to show kindness, 
Not being paralyzed with self-centeredness when dealing with people at work, but being set free to look outside our own little situation. Not being paralyzed with fear when we're around people at school or uni, but being set free to show some courage and boldness. So do we want to be healed from the things that paralyze us? Like the people in the readings, we will face misfortunes. And we can ask why this is happening in the best sense. What is God wanting to heal in me with this experience? What is paralyzed in me that needs to live and that needs to move? And once we are set free, will we step into the life of healing and wholeness that is possible for us because Christ has risen from the dead? Receiving this healing for ourselves and sharing in bringing this healing to others around us too. May it be so. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. Truly He is risen.